with everything going on in the world right now, I felt like we needed some hope. I wanted to, I had this whole thing planned um, for a solo podcast, but I decided that this particular podcast that I've already had recorded was perfect for the climate that we're in right now from the situation with Breonna Taylor, make sure you're saying her name, and from the, the debate, I don't know if we can even call that a debate, but whatever that was, to just all the things to COVID, to people just dying and everything that we have going on, I felt like we needed a heart massage. And you'll learn what a heart heart massage is in this podcast. So thank you to Shantoria Gallagher for always being so willing. Um, I know I said that when you listen to the podcast, you'll hear me say that, but she is willing and she's an example of somebody who literally lives to serve. So I appreciate her and I hope you guys enjoy our first feature episode. It is with me and Shantoria Gallagher. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Tashara Janae, and welcome to The Brave Podcast, a podcast about life, about hope, and about being brave. Let's get into it. So today I have Shantoria on the show. You are a songwriter, uh-huh. singer, mm-hmm. minister, musician, mm-hmm. psalmist, minstrel, superwoman. <laughs> That's what it feel like. <laughs> all of those things. Yes. So first, before we start, thank you for um, always saying yes. Like if I ever ask you to do anything. You're just yeah. always so willing. So I appreciate that about you. I don't Thank ever you. have to like <laughs> ask twice or anything. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for always thinking about me though. Yes. So when did you start singing? Oh, um, I would say like really, really noticing that I could probably like really sing when I was seven. Mm-hmm. So um kind of joined the school choir or whatever and um a teacher realized that I could sing and then I realized, oh wait, I, I think I really can't sing. Um and that was when I first became a choir director. She put me over the the elementary choir. It was a mess, honey. I was Are you for real? I'm so serious, but just really realized like my mom always noticed I had a knack for music when I was like young, maybe two, three years old. Um, but really started taking it seriously and just like, okay, this is something I enjoy doing. I was like seven. Wow. So what was you doing over the choir? What was you doing in elementary school? Lord, every time we have a little black history program, I had to stand up (laughs) and like direct them. It was so embarrassing because, you know, you sit (laughs) and you don't want people looking at you, you know. But I had to stand up there and kind of just direct us singing little songs and stuff. That was considered being over the choir. And that's I love it. Yeah. That's about it. I hated it because I just didn't want to be looked at. I mean, you know, I'm an introvert. I did not yeah. want to be looked at and just, I don't know, just that much attention. But that was my very first 
musical, whatever. And then from there, just every I think everybody played the recorder in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> played, played the violin. Um, was always doing something. So yeah. So how many instruments do you play? Uh, so I play the acoustic a little bit. I play the piano a little. I play the saxophone and I pick around on the drums a little bit. I I just really can pick up anything and just try to teach myself to play it. But those are the main ones. I'm not really fluid in any of them except for sax. So, yeah. You just like a one-woman band. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you can just do all that by yourself and sing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's a blessing and a curse, but... <laughs> Sorry. So you wrote this song and I can't remember if it had a name, but you wrote a song about depression. I think it was a couple of years ago. Oh uh, yeah. Um and I think I know which one you're talking about because it came back up in my memories recently. Um, but it was about anxiety. Anxiety, um, yes. Yes. Came back up maybe about maybe about two weeks ago in my Facebook memories. Um, but yeah, it was about anxiety and right now I'm working on um, this project just to kind of give a little backstory about that but working on this musical project called Through Me To Me and most times um, God is singing the song through me and it's to me and so that was one of those songs the anxiety song because I remember sitting on my bed um, and just being grippled with like so much fear about the unknown and not really knowing mm-hmm. what and God was just like you don't need to know anything else other than me you know like you need to know that I know what's happening you know yeah so um singing that song honestly um singing that song honestly helped me I don't know it it was just like a heart massage that's what I like to call it like this just this balm for that moment um and it was as if God was singing over me but he was singing through me to me and um that's how most of my songs are written like I don't I don't write something you know hoping somebody will love it or you know like if if they're gonna bop to it or whatever it's just like I'm just letting you know what ministered to me you know and if if it ministers to you then amen you know but if not whatever is from the heart reach the heart you know and I know that there are a lot of people even now um it's so crazy how strategic God is that song came back up um, two weeks ago when I had been dealing with anxiety, like, I just, I don't deal with it. Not, not yeah. to this extent, you know, um, and that song came back up and it ministered to me again, you know, and, um, just massaged my heart, even in that moment, like, you're right, God, I don't know everything, but you do. And I know you, I'm satisfied with that. Yeah. You're always so real. Like when you sing, when you write, because you have a blog that's on hiatus right now, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) When you sing, when you write, when you worship, everything, like you can feel it. And that's Mm -hmm. not something that you can see out of a lot of people because people like to, you know, kind of hide. So I always admire that about you because, and I know it probably is uncomfortable sometimes, but yeah you show people the real it's like every time I see you sing it's like I'm in a quiet time with you yeah that is something I I don't get from a lot of people yeah how do you portray that all the time is this just you is this just your life 
it does it just exude out of your pores like what is that I think it starts with what I do at home <clears throat> so um, one of the things that I, I had to realize early on was that if I am honest with God, there's nothing nobody can hold against me. You yes. know, it's like I, I lay out all of my dirty stuff, all of my my thoughts and my emotional immaturity and, you know, my feelings of rejection and even pride. Like, I don't exempt myself from anything. Like, any moment, I am human. My boo-boo stank, you know, like, I don't... I, <laughs> any of it and so being able to have those honest moments with God like when in my own private time it's just like if the creator of the world does not hold this against me like what can man do to me like why fear can just destroy my body but fear God who can destroy my soul you know so it's just like when when I'm being open like that there's I, I realize that there's really nothing that no one can hold against me because I've already been honest with the one that matters you know so it's it's honestly like it's a privilege for y'all to be in on these intimate moments because this is between me and my daddy you know yeah between me and my my kinsman redeemer whatever so y'all are in on these moments or that transparency you know god bless you (laughs) you know but it's it's really for you you know and I had to learn that early on too, because it's so easy to, especially when you grow up in church, they kind of teach you this way to talk to God, you know, or this way Mm -hmm. to express yourself to him. But just realizing that he's made us all unique with our own proclivities and, you know, our own quirks and stuff. And he's not caught off guard by anything. It makes easier to just be honest with him and so when I'm sharing my songs or I'm sharing my blog or whatever like I'm an open book because I've already been open you know and so it 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 doesn't bother me anymore it used to because I thought that you know to live for Christ was to have like this I don't know like this this just certain look about you or you know you can't be struggling with nothing you can't be dealing with anything you know Mm -hmm. but God what I asked for you know so it's just like now here it all is here it is you know so that's that's where it comes from it's literally my life you know I um I'm the worship pastor at my church now and one of the things that I make sure that I do is just express how how important it is to be human you know with them or whatever and I think it I said this in one of my blogs but in order to reach people you have to be a person you know, and I, I just live my life from that. I do. Wow. I need that on a shirt in order to reach people. You have to be a person. You have to. That is good. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So what would you say to a person struggling with like quiet time, worshiping, things like that? What would you tell them? Well, the first thing that I would say is to not be intimidated by what you think it should look like because a lot of people you know they consider let me see how to put it a lot of people feel like if they're not spending an hour at a time with God then it's not considered quiet time um or it doesn't look like somebody else who's foaming at the mouth or rolling on the floor (laughs) you know yeah but um I would say don't be the first thing is don't be intimidated or don't make these like 
I don't know, these assumptions of what it's supposed to look like, that quiet time with God. It could be anything, anywhere. It can be listening to a nightingale. You know what I'm saying? At night. <laughs> it can be anything. Just um, keeping that in mind. And then also, it does take discipline. You know, like you, you do have to discipline yourself. It's not going to be something that comes by happenstance because, honestly, if you have not done it, it, it is something that has to be an acquired taste or whatever. Like if you're used to filling your day with so many other things or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you do have to discipline yourself to where you desire it, you know? Mm-hmm. So if five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day or whatever, um, do that. But at the same time, don't try to compare your time with someone else's, you know, yeah. that, that is what I would say. Yeah, that's good. I know a lot of people, you know, look at, I guess, model Christians, you know, people that they mm-hmm. think, oh, they real deep, they good, and I want to do what they do. And mm-hmm. then you end up being inauthentic because you're not being yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so easy to just to look at what everybody else is doing and um, assume that that is what God <laughs> wants you to do. But that's not the case. You need to seek him. And then even I've learned... Um, to, to just pray for God to teach me how to desire him, yeah. you know, because we can think that we're desiring him, but we have so many underlying motives for just wanting to be close to him sometimes, you know, and so it's just like, God, just teach me how to desire you. And um, before I know it, you know, like I'm, I'm riding down the street, or whatever, and I'm having quiet time with him or, yeah. you know, I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm having quiet time. <laughs> like, Seriously, like it—it just just doing what works for you. But if you are honest and open with God and asking Him to help you with your desire for Him, He will. Have you ever had any moments to where you were like, "I'm done with church. I'm done with my faith. I'm just done with all of it. Y'all can have it. I'm good." Mm -hmm. Yes, I have. Um, And it was actually before I moved to Nashville. So really. Huh? I've been in Nashville. It was actually one of the reasons why I left and moved to Nashville. Um, <clears throat> because what I was doing was, uh, well, I've been in Nashville now. It'll be almost five years in January. But what I was doing prior to coming here was equating my relationship with God with my experiences in church. Wow. And so I had not, like, I I knew God since I was a little girl. Like, my mom didn't push me in church or anything like that. But I had developed my own relationship with him and had um, <clears throat> got to know him at a very, very young age. I actually heard him audibly call my name at a young age. So I, I grew really? up. Wow. Mm-hmm, I did. So I grew up, you know, just always having this, um, just this and I call it infatuation like I just I couldn't do anything without thinking about him or um just wondering what he thinks about certain things like it was I was just head over heels with uh in love oh with God. Oh my gosh I love I, it. Was, when I was a little girl it was so precious um <laughs> and then I got into church and I got into ministry and you know a lot of things were dumped on me because once people realize you can do certain things you know it's just like well you do this and you do that and you do that and you do this and then the moment that you falter or you fall or you're human or whatever you're condemned you're kind of treated like an outcast you know you're reprimanded harshly um 
all of those things. And so after years and years of doing that and experiencing that and not really being able to process the trauma that came with it, I just was like, well, God, is this you? Because if it is, I don't, I don't want it. And so I remember, you know, telling God, I was just like, um, I'm just going to leave all of this, you know? And if you're real, you're going to have to show yourself to me because Mm -hmm. so bad. I mean, I've had so many things happen to me that I have not been able to voice. I will one day, but have not been able to voice. And I was just like, God, you know what? I, I just don't want it. So I, I up and I left, I came out here for, um, a year. I didn't go to anybody's church. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, a sexually abusive relationship with this man that I thought was the cream of the crop. And I just, and it's just this tangled mess and this tangled web or whatever, but I just knew that I still wanted to do music somehow. Um, now, mind you, this all went on for a year and I was just, I didn't want to hear name God said I was getting drunk and I was, I started smoking. Black and, I started smoking black and mouse for a week, <laughs> but then I realized. Yeah. <laughs> you just showed out. I did because I is that's what rebellion looks like. That's what hurt and rejection looks yeah. like. And and so I did all of those things and um but I just knew like and that's why I say music literally saved my life. But just this innate just drawing to just still like just sing to him and I was just I don't wanna sing to him. You know, made me mad. I just don't wanna <laughs> Yeah. And I remember, um I I linked up with this guy here that does music, him and his wife, and um started working on this song with him or whatever hadn't paid my deposit and this that, and the other and we were supposed to work on it again but before we left it was just like well, what church you go to I said don't talk to me about a church I don't <laughs> know the church not gonna do it and they was just like well you should probably come visit our church or whatever um I was just like yeah no I don't know about that you know so then I kind of sat with it for a couple of weeks and had a dream about the pastor or whatever, where this lion with this crown on led me right to him in this alley or whatever. So I ended up going to the church, sat in the back, didn't want anybody to say anything to me. I don't want y'all to know I sang. Y'all don't even have to know my name or anything. And he came up to me and he just started speaking to me in this way that I knew was nobody but God. And I asked God to reveal to me that he was real, you know, mm-hmm. and it me having a microphone in my hand and I'm singing to people. I was sitting in the back broken. It was like, I know that, I mean, I'm chocolate and dark now, but I know I was like, I know like my face was like just black from just like the depression and, you know, all of that stuff. And I knew that God was real in that moment because what the man said to me resonated so deeply within me. Like, it's just like, how do you know this? You know, how do you know this? This broke down crying, ended up uh, joining the church. It's the church. I'm the worship pastor at now. <laughs> Funny. Oh my gosh. The, the two people that, uh, the guy that I was working on the music with, he was actually like the, him and his wife were the worship pastor. Maybe like a month after I started coming, they went to another church. And so, God is so strategic, right? Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had to go through that series of healing and even my pastor, he knew at the time that he knew who I was, but he just never would push me into ministry or anything like that. But just him and his wife just inviting me over to the house, just loving on me, just getting to know Shan, like uncovering aspects about Shan that I didn't even realize. You know, I didn't know I was funny. 
you know, I knew that I could sing. That's all people knew about me, you know. And so having that that relationship with them revealed God to me as father wherever I was. Wow. Whether church or whether I wasn't. And so that type of efficacious love is what, you know, caused me to be like, all right, I'll come back into the church, but only for the sole purpose of loving on your people and this, that, and the other God. I'm telling you now, if it get weird again, I'm gone. <laughs> you know. <laughs> telling you. But um yeah, it's just, it, that was that was that moment. That was that moment for me because I had equated what people did all the time to, <laughs> to who God was. And I had to get to know him outside of church. Um, the one that kept my life, you know, even when I was like, just like, I don't want nothing to do with you. And he's just like, yep, my eyes still on you though, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I want you, before we end, I want you to speak to the person who was you, like somebody who is just deep down in depression, anxious, have left God. They're like, I'm good. Y'all can have it. I don't want anything to do with this. Speak to them. What would you tell them as from where you are right now? Um, well, the first thing that I would say is that it gets better. And I know that sounds cliche but it gets better. Oftentimes we deal with depression and anxiety just because we don't know what's going on. And so we try to fabricate things in our mind. And um, a lot of the conclusions that we come up with are influenced by what's going on around us or whatever. But, you know, we do serve a God, first of all, um, whose eyes are always on us. There is not a place that we can go and he not know it. It, Even inside of a church and, just have to put this out there. I do not like church. Okay. I love God. Me either. We are, we are there on that. <laughs> I love God, but I do not like church, but I would just, I would say to that person, um, stay open to, to, to how God wants to speak to you. Cause we feel like it's supposed to audible booming voice or it's supposed to be in a church but you can meet someone at Walmart you know and they speak something to you that lets you know that God has not forgotten about you at all um one of the things to just being transparent that I realized had me deep down in depression and anxiety is that I had so many ideals of what was supposed to be you know um instead of just trusting the sovereignty of God and when I saw my ideals killed it killed me you know and so it, it it brings you to the place of just just loosen the reins and saying you know what God I trust you with my life I trust you with my heart I trust you with everything that concerns me and I know I had this in my mind but <laughs> many are my plans but you order my steps right come on like God I just I trust you like I don't have I don't have anything else to do but to trust you. Stay open to how he wants to speak to you. Um, don't be afraid to kill your ideals because that's honestly what this depression and this anxiety sometimes comes from. Um, and then just not knowing um, what the future may hold. And I can't say that I do, but what I do know is the person that holds the future. I know that sounds oh. clear. 
but I know him, you know, and he knows me. And because he knows me, he said in his word that he reveals the secret things to his friends, the prophets. Mm -hmm. So there are some things that God will reveal to me and the things that he don't reveal to me, I can still trust him because he's a good father and he knows how to give good gifts. And he knows the plans and the thoughts that he thinks towards me, plans to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me hope in a future and bring me to an expected end. And because I know that about him and I know that he knows me, I can, I can release the reins. What is anxiety? I'm trying to keep myself together. <laughs> what, is what is, what is, what is fear? Perfect love casts out fear. And because his love is continuously being perfected in me, what I got to be, he goes before me, beside me and behind me. He's my shield and my rampart. He's my cloud by day. He's my light by night. So, he he has me. I'm in this little corner in my room and I'm like, I have a little table that I'm trying not to flip over <laughs> right now. Wow. And that's why I am, honestly, because worry ain't doing them but giving me chest pains. And <laughs> <laughs> seriously, you know, um, I am overcoming high blood pressure, you know, so it's it's one of those things that I do have to watch and you know, God mm -hmm. is even and telling me how to take care of myself and stuff like that. But just even that type of mindfulness that he has towards me just makes me rest, man. You know, it's just like, all right, I'm arresting you. I know that you got me. I know that you I wish people could see your face because, like, I know that he got you just by the peace that you have. I, yeah, for sure. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm shook. I'm trying, you know, if you knew what was going on inside my body right now, because <laughs> I'm just trying to contain myself. <laughs> he got me, man. He he has his children. He has his children. And he thinks good thoughts towards us. And I have to keep telling myself that. I had to keep telling myself that when I was dealing with the anxiety. Like, God thinks good thoughts towards me. So why am I thinking these thoughts? Yeah. I want to think like he thinks. I want to see like he sees, you know? And I'm just like, yeah, God, just give me an aerial view of everything. Because when we hide in the sky, everything else becomes small. And so this stuff that I'm magnifying, if I come and sit with you where I'm seated, it won't be this big. So let me just... Come on, Shan. <laughs> so let me, just, let me just come on up there with you, Daddy, and just hold me in your bosom. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like I just went to therapy. So I appreciate you for saving <laughs> me some money today. Because now I feel like I'm good. I might not have to go. Until, you know, a couple of weeks from now. <laughs> Again, thank you for being so willing. Like you have the sweetest spirit. And mm -hmm. I know some people, I know like people pull on you a lot and, you know, you just go with it. But you just always have a sweet smile. You might be an introvert and you might be hiding from people, but when you let people in, it is a great experience. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I do. I really appreciate that. I'm trying to let myself come out of my shell a little bit more. 
the Lord been working with me. But <laughs> that's where we differ because I'm gonna just stay in mine. I'm good. <laughs> Y'all can just <laughs> I'm hiding from people. COVID is the best thing because I'm like I don't have to go anywhere. Oh my God, COVID was a blessing for me. Some people were mad. God. No, because you can Zoom your friends. Like, I love Zooming my yeah. friends. I don't have to see them. Exactly. I don't have to leave my house. Oh, man. Exactly. Exactly. I also saw you're an INFJ, and I am too. Are you really? Yes, I am. That, I love you. Yes, the introvert of all introverts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but people confuse us because they think because we can be social that we are extroverts so when we have our moment where we retreat they just yes. like it's like no i am really an introvert i'm sorry but i am that's what they mistake because i'd be like no people this took all of, out of me and i can't yes. get to two months from now exactly <laughs> exactly they can't handle it they can't handle it especially because now i'm in like the forefront and so I have to be on so much. And so sometimes like I just have people over because I want you to know I still love you. You can come over, but I'm going to go to my room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to be in my room. I love you so much, you know, but I don't know how to handle that sometimes. Are you okay? I promise I'm fine. I have a social battery that has been depleted and yeah. you're too hard at me and it's draining me. And I don't even charge my social battery. I'm good. I'm just going to be dead. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody smile at you too long and you instantly feel like you're like short-circuiting? Okay. Like, oh my God, are they going to talk to me? Are they going to yeah. make a move? Do I need to say hello? And it's like, nope, I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> exactly. I can't handle it. Well, I'm glad you're INFJ. That makes me happy. Yes, I saw that and I was like, oh, me too. That's why we kindred. So, I was excited. <laughs> Again, thank you for being on the show. And um, do you have any music projects out right now? I do not. I am working on something. I don't have a definite date, but, you know, I will keep you guys posted. Um, but I am in the process of working on some things. So, yeah. And even though your blog is on hiatus, what's your website? It is on behalf of my bruises.com. On behalf of my bruises.com. So, yes, yeah. everybody check out her blog because it is amazing. And they have plenty to read until you come back because you were banging it out. Yes, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming back. All right, Shan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for listening to the Brave Podcast. Special thanks to Homage Beats for our intro and outro music. You can check him out on YouTube at Homage Beats or visit his website at homageproductions.com. And of course, you can follow me on all social media. My handle is at Tashara Janae and at Brave by TJ. Don't forget to visit our website at www.bravebytj.com. Until the next episode, keep being brave.